Hello. You're listening to Mock Footage. These two pals really like movies, but one of them hasn't seen very many, okay? Our hosts won't be using any nasty language, so you can share this with your grandma. And they will be discussing major plot details, so here's your dang spoiler warning. Hello. 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 Oh, we really got to get some more people in here, right? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I, couldn't, I couldn't think of a bit. I'm sorry. My brain like flashed through all of our friends, and I couldn't do any impression because they were all different. <laughs> all right. Well, welcome everybody, and we are p- currently submitting applications. Submitting? No, I'm sorry. We are currently re- receiving, requesting applications to be the other two voices to finish our Barbershop Quartet introduction, uh, which will only happen one time. So, you know, go ahead and send those in. But before I continue to talk about that ever again, my name is Joe Langlois, and you're listening to Mock Footage. And this week, we will be discussing Die Hard. My name is Ray Rosso. And as far as I know, this is the hit sequel to the anime Soft Live. Uh, yeah, that's so you know that, and I do know that you know one other thing about this movie, which is that there is contention over the fat over whether or not it is a Christmas movie. You know that some people say it is a Christmas movie, and others do not. Um, I know that you know that because I know you've heard me talk about it with other people, and I. That was part of my decision to put it here so that this episode will be released on the 26th, the day after Christmas. So without any further ado, Ray, please tell us what you know about what happens in Die Hard. Yeah, absolutely. This is a not an anime sequel, first off. It's everything Joe said. It's the most contentious movie on whether or not it's a Christmas film. It's an action film. Uh, mm-hmm. featuring Nick Cage as Alan Cutler, who's visiting his family, a wife and two kids, a son and a daughter, for Christmas. And okay. this heartwarming holiday sentiment soon turns into panic as the children go missing after their gift-giving tradition. And it turns out that Cutler's wife, Barb Wendell, is an international spy, and it's one of the reasons why they got a divorce, among other things. And now one of her enemies, Nikolai Klaus, lured the kids outside to kidnap them. And so she goes off to try and save them. Nikolai Klaus, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cutler ends up going after them as well because he's worried about his, his kids because he's a good, good father, a good dad. And then through a string of events, Barb is also captured. These are two separate plot lines that are happening. Uh, we're following two people until sure. Barb gets okay. captured. And then it's up to Alan to sneak around an airport that was taken over by Klaus to save his family before they flown out before they're flown out of the country never to be seen again cuz that's how airplanes work. Mm-hmm. And that's that's Die Hard. It's just an action film with some really cool uh scenes of uh, Nick Cage knocking out elf garb guards at the airport once okay. we get that set up. Um yeah. You got so anything it's like, for me? It's an action movie, but there are trappings of, of Christmas settings. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, does, and, and I'm sorry, was it Alan Cutler? Uh-huh. Okay, and he gets his kids back in the end and all everything works out? Oh, yes, I'm sorry. I never finished the movie, did I? No. Yes, yes. He, he 
uh, takes a shotgun, shoots Klaus out of a window, and he saves his family. Okay, all right. Out of a window. On the, the second, yeah, on the, on se- the second. You know floor. how, like, when you see an airplane and there's the giant glass yeah, there? Yeah, the terminal. Yeah, yeah he, that's okay. where he sh- shoots him out of. Okay, okay, okay. So I have to imagine there's some fun, like, like chase scenes with, like, the baggage handlers or... Uh, you know, yeah. other airport shenanigans. Does most of the action in most of the movie, at least on Alan Cutler's side of things... I'm sorry, I'm getting mixed up because Nick Cage plays Alan Cutler and is fighting the bad guy who is Nikolai Klaus. Yes. Who's different than Nick Cage. Correct. Uh, okay, right. So, yeah, I, I imagine that like a lot of the action on, on his side ends up in the airport. So what are the, some of the fun, like you know, action bits, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so this isn't a Christmas bit, but he does use a volleyball to knock one of the people out. And it's a great reference to the famous action sports movie, Top Gun. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then what my favorite, one of my favorite scenes is the one that initiates one of the, the enemy knockout montage where he, he like chokes a guy, like un- into unconsciousness and mm-hmm. whispers into his ear looks like this is your last christmas and then a montage was last christmas starts playing while okay. he sneaks around oh and, that's like, really nice i like that um okay and so uh, he, he at one on. point he like uh one of for one of the scenes he's like wrapping somebody in garland it was it's and like you think they would break out of that because like tinsel and garland's like not that strong right, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Movie magic. <laughs> um, he's really good at tying knots. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, who plays who plays Klaus? I I didn't go through the cast. So it's the three main actors are Nick Cage as Alan Cutler, Michelle Pfeiffer as Barb, and Alan Rickman as Nikolai. Alan Rickman. Okay, that's mm-hmm. that's good casting. And I was gonna yes. yeah I was gonna ask about Barb next. Um, yeah, it's fun to see Alan Rickman in a Santa costume. <laughs> so he is wearing a Santa costume, but is he like? Well, how do you fat think he jolly? let the kids out? Oh no, he's still like just as like serious. Very, very. He's good. a serious villain. No, and, he was Snape. And... What? I said no. He was Snape. <laughs> it was a funny joke. Thank you, Ray. Um... <laughs> uh, Patronus. Um... So what? I'm sorry. What was his? What was his like? Uh, motivation for stealing these kids yeah so it's uh barb uh stop one of his uh what what are they called one of his um what what's a, th- a theft what's a, a heist okay. one of his heists in a in a previous not god my brain's so scattered barb stopped him from finishing off a heist in a previous job and so he's trying to get revenge on her by by taking the kids and killing her Okay, okay. So he's tra- he kidnapped the kids to try to draw her out, and yeah, it's not it. that deep. Okay, 
Okay, it's no, not that I mean, it like, doesn't have to be, especially... No, I, it's literally from... most... After the setup in the beginning and Barb... After Barb gets captured and the focus goes to Alan it, in the airport, it's just Christmas slaughter. But... Okay. It's not well, and outright something killing. something I wanted to say, yeah. You, you say Christmas slaughter because it sounded like, like most of, if not all of Nick Cage uh, neutralizing the guards was non-lethal. You say he's knocking them out. But then he does use a shotgun to shoot Nikolai Klaus out of the out of the window and yeah. presumably killing him. Yeah, so about halfway through the airport shenanigans, he does take a shotgun from one of the people and he does and he keeps going back to it on whether or not he's gonna use it on the on the elf guards and he doesn't. Okay. And uh at the end when uh, Alan Rickman's Nikolai is doing his big speech about how Barb's going to die and the kids will never be seen again. He just shoots him in the chest okay. and he falls out a window. Like his kids' lives are on the line and he's got to... Yeah. Okay. Does Does Klaus die or does he come back in a sequel? Klaus is dead, but he comes back as Klaus 2. Okay. Okay. Without any of his memories. There, there are sequels. Are the, are the sequels also like have the trappings of Christmas like this? They, they do, but they're not as pronounced. Um, okay. Like the setup is still like it's weird. Like they set it up on Christmas Day every time, mm-hmm. but the other movies are less and less about like the the holiday spirit, right. which is, in my opinion, uh, a um, a commentary on the fact that Christmas has been you know capitalized and has just kind of become this thing for companies to make money anyway i'll just get off my fake soapbox yeah that has nothing to do with anything <laughs> but it's it's funny that you say that because it's kind of the opposite of effect of the halloween series or like the first movie is like not really about halloween it just happens to take place on halloween mm-hmm. then, and then yeah. the movie the third movie is about pagan rituals right, right. um is that true you know. can't tell me i i, I really don't remember the only thing I remember from Halloween 3 is there's some kind of explosion and a lot of fire in a hospital or something like that. I thought that was the second one. Maybe it was. I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> back to Die Hard. Let's talk about Barb uh, and what she gets up to. Because you say it's kind of like a braided narrative. There's there's all of Nick Cage's Alan Cutler stuff mm-hmm. with uh, Klaus. But then there's also Barb. Is she lending support somehow or is she like... No, she she goes off like she goes running out as soon as they disappear and like there's a hint that it's uh Klaus that did the job like there's uh he he doesn't leave a note but like there's enough to like blur her out. Okay. Um and she goes off and she takes the car and then she has to get gas, and we get the entire scene of her going into a gas station, paying the person who's wearing uh, a santa hat and then coming out and filling the gas and there's like two minutes of just watching her stand by the car just filling the gas tank bold mm-hmm. uh, and then after that she goes off to the airport and she like just kind of goes in guns blazing she okay. knocks out a few people and kills them. She take she uses so she gun uses force. lethal means the whole time. Yes, she she uses a gun. She throws a grenade, and some people die. But like she's so like focused on the job that she right. she gets captured. What about like are, I have to imagine there are like innocent bystanders in an airport on on Christmas Day. Like 
No, it's all just elves. Oh. It's not explained aside from a throwaway line like, this is my airport. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, okay. All right. Weird. Um... All right. And by elves, you mean it's just like regular dudes with like sunglasses and like elf hats. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, was there any music or were there any? Okay. I'm going to ask two separate questions that they're very different, but I want you to answer both or either. Okay. Is there any music that stuck out to you that was like particularly memorable? And were there any important themes that, that resonated with you or were memorable to you? What do you mean by themes? Uh, like family or... Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if you meant musical themes or actual no, yeah, story themes. So yeah, narrative themes. Okay. Um, so I really liked their use of Carol of the Bells uh, when the kids are captured and Barb and Alan come to the realization that they've been kidnapped and mm-hmm. the music swells and it's very ominous. Right. The ding, ding, dong. Yeah, I can see mm-hmm. how that would be. Yeah. Kind of mm-hmm. spooky. Uh, I also like the use of God rest you, Mary Gentleman, when, when, uh, uh, what's his name? Alan Rickman is doing his speech. Like, it's, it's just an instrumental. Oh. It's just an instrumental. I would have seen that as like, something maybe that's like because i, I kind of remember it being like interlaced with scenes of barb killing all of his elves maybe oh maybe oh yeah no maybe they they had it during that part and then they brought back a reprise at the right. end okay. um for 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 thematic purposes sure um uh, speaking of thematic purposes yeah were there any themes that stuck out to you yeah, Alan coming into his own as a person Not and Alan as a Cumming, father. But Alan Cutler coming into his own. Yes. <laughs> You've made me so tired. I'm sorry. It's, that you, was such a, a good a joke. <laughs> confusing things today. That was such a good joke. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Um, yeah. Alan Cutler coming into his own like becoming his own person uh and saving his family uh is a big part of it because in the beginning like he's just kind of like nice and flaky and it's okay. just like a, a Joe Schmo dad there sure. and he's like gets generic gifts for his kids and like it's pretty clear that he's just like bland and that's also part of why Barb um divorced him and then as the movie goes on, he he gains more confidence, starts knocking people out, is like ready to to save his kids, starts to saying quips to these guards about last Christmas, the hit song by Wham. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think it's time to watch this um, this movie and really get us into the holiday spirit here. You know what I'm gonna do. What are you going to do? I'm going to die hard thanks to this crazy plot I made. All right. Uh-huh. Yeah. What is your favorite line from the movie? Oh, uh, uh, my favorite line is by Nikolai. Um, interwoven with, like, he's talking over and, like, it 
it shows a scene of him talking to one of his henchmen. And then it, he's still talking, but it shows the scene where Alan is picking up the shotgun. And Alan's like, there's no way he's even going to use a gun. He's too much of a coward. He, his wife even divorced him. And it's just a lot of irony. And also the amount of shade that Alan Rickman puts on that line. Okay. He's just like, just, just so you're just like saying that scene is memorable where Klaus says calling Cutler a coward. And, yes. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think that that probably really would be a, I'm sorry. It really is a very memorable and powerful performance, and I can't wait to see it. So let's go eat some popcorn. Okay. Welcome to holiday action movie time. It's me, Ray, and I'm here for the popcorn break. I have two things I'd like to talk to you about. The first thing is a podcast on the Lunar Light Studio Network. It's called Badvertising. It's a podcast wherein the hosts are ad executives who take your favorite brands, then create a product and viral ad campaign that will be sure to end in failure. It's hosted by Penny Parker, Lily Blue Lennox, and Haley Rose, and it airs every other Monday on Lunar Light Studio or wherever else you get your podcasts. Advertising. Your dissatisfaction. Guaranteed. Also, we haven't talked about them in a while. They just recently won an award for best comedy podcasts of whatever year just happened. I don't know. The, the recent award times for them. Podcast award times. I, mm-hmm. They did great. We're so proud of you, ladies. You did so good. Thank you so much. We hope for so many more laughs. The second thing I'd like to talk to you about is the Make the Yuletide Gay holiday special released by the Lunar Light Studio Network. Uh, without too many spoilers, it's a very heartwarming holiday special featuring... A phenomenal voice cast from across the network. Uh, there are a lot of hands on this. It's very good. It made me cry a couple times, if not more. And you'll hear my voice on it uh, as one of the characters. It's a fun time. If you like, I don't know, the LGBT community and stories about family and love and persistence through hardship. I think you'll like this one. And if not, listen anyway, because because it's the holiday season. Let that joy into your heart, even if you don't have room for it or don't believe in the world anymore. Maybe you'll believe a little bit more. Anyway, happy holidays to everyone. Merry Christmas if you celebrate. Happy rest of the holidays, and I hope you all have a happy new year. We'll see you in the in the 2020 where it's gonna be good. Mock footage is gonna keep going into 2020. I'm, I'm rambling now, but I just love y'all so much. Listen to the podcast. Okay, bye. So, Ray... You and I just watched Die Hard together, and then we took a two-hour break. We talked business. So we're basically fresh off of this movie. How do you feel about it? I really enjoyed Die Hard. I did, too. I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to, honestly. <laughs> Me, too. I expected a lot more just, like, boring action tropiness, yeah. which there was, uh-huh. but I had an enjoyable amount of fun. It was... and. Fun is enjoyable sometimes. It's sometimes. It was, um, I wasn't sure how you felt about it because you were kind of quiet during the watch and I, I 
really didn't know what energy you were going to bring into this. So Well, part of it was that we were having a lot of uh, watching tech we issues. We were having some tech issues. I um, apologize for that. But I'm separating those from my feelings about the movie. The movie, I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun. The cast was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't expect that. Finally mixed up Nick Cage and... Bruce Willis. Other Nick Cage. <laughs> I finally did it. I can't believe you just said that to me. <laughs> what, during our first half where I'm no, like... No, I can't believe you just said that Bruce Willis is uh, other Nick Cage. That's... I'm sorry. You're going you're gonna to receive some heated comments, I believe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bring on the heat. I can handle the oven. Would you like to go through a quick plot summary? Yeah, so it starts in an airport. Uh-huh. Uh, it doesn't, doesn't stay there, but, yeah, <laughs> uh, protagonist, John McClane, has two kids and an estranged wife, and he is flying to LA, or California, I forget what town, but probably LA. Uh, uh, he mentioned LA. Uh, for it's the LAPD. Christmas, to see his family for Christmas, he is, is a New York police officer, and is still living in New York and has been for six months, kind of hoping that she would come back or whatever. Basically, he wasn't very supportive of her career change, and there was a lot of friction in their marriage over that. And that's kind of the setup. Uh, But he goes to the office Christmas party with his wife at the new office building that she works in, and... Um, everyone is spending a lot of money and has very nice things. And then some terrorists come or they're really not terrorists. They're actually just like high end thieves, but the movie spends a lot of time calling them terrorists. Um, and that is Alan Rickman, who you call the, is the, the kind of the leader of that gang. And, when they come and hold the party hostage, John McClane was in the other room and he escaped. And then he spends the rest of the movie kind of slowly eliminating, slowly eliminating them and um, rescuing the people in the building and repairing his marriage <laughs> also. Um, and he also has a uh, cop uh, that he is speaking with over the radio played by Reginald Dahl Johnson. Um, and they just kind of have a chemistry and this cop kind of keeps him, keeps him sharp and keeps him sane through the, through the action in the movie. Um, and he comes out on top. He manages to kill all of the terrorists and, um, save, save everyone in the building. And he, he doesn't die even though it looks like he's gonna, that's basically the plot. Yeah? Welcome to action movie. There's a lot of other garbage about, like, the police chief of L.A. being a really incompetent chump. and I really didn't care about that. The FBI (laughs) not caring about, like, hostage loss loss of life. And the newscaster who really wants to make a break in the story. Who I'm pretty sure his only function in the movie was to let us know that this is an interesting story. Which we already know because it is a movie. And we're watching it. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of padding. 
<laughs> but I mean, it's to break up the action, but yes. I didn't enjoy the things they did. I enjoyed some of it, like some of it. I enjoyed anything Al. with Al, even even when he was talking to the incompetent police chief, because his reactions are like. I mean, perfectly encapsulate what it's like to have an inco- incompetent boss that you have to like, you have to listen to. Yeah, sometimes he just stares with an incredulous face, and yeah. that's all I really needed. So, um, what are some of the what are some of the other key similarities or differences that you know? I really liked when they played Last Christmas and during <laughs> the montage. That did not happen. There was. Uh christmas music occasionally though yeah and people were singing christmas songs here and there Mm -hmm. the the this the the saving grace at the climax was due to christmas tape yeah he found a a room with gift wrap in it and there was tape and he taped a gun to his back which he used to to win the boss fight uh, but that's not what you asked me. You asked me similarities and differences. Yeah. Uh, how is it that I always somehow nail, like, the core cast? The typically? family dynamic? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, is that just, like, too common in movies that it's just it's... become part of my well-being? Yeah. No. Mm. Well. I mean, you gotta, you, there's, there's only so many possibilities, I guess. I don't know. He could have fell in love with Al. He did, uh, like, he did shoot the guy, or he, I don't think he shot the guy, but he knocked the guy out of the window, out of a high building. Yes, he did do that. It wasn't knocking him through the glass of a t- terminal airport, but, terminal at the airport, but. Close enough. Uh, yeah, basically the same effect. Also, he had to save his wife and other innocents. Mm-hmm. Um, his kids were not I, involved, but. They were there. They were there. I really didn't expect to, like, I don't know, and I didn't know anything about Die Hard before we did this, aside from the fact that Nick Cage was in it, and Alan Rickman was in it, and also which, Christmas. Which you knew incorrectly. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, Bruce Willis and Nick Cage. It's, we haven't seen a Nick Cage movie. You know what? We haven't. And I know I have a couple on the list. Oh, okay. Anyway, I, what what, what else did I get? Um... I don't have my plot up. Hold on. I can take a look. Look, see here. What was this? Die Hard? Mm-hmm. I... No, I'll come to this afterwards. Um... Mom wasn't in an international spy. Mom wasn't an international spy, but she did play a bigger role than I expected. I expected her to just kind of be a hostage for yeah. the whole thing, which she was, but she did try to take an active role, and after their boss was killed she stepped up as leader mm-hmm. for the for the the the, the folks that were the survivor, being... or the hostages yeah yeah so good for her um ellen rickman didn't play nikolai klaus but he did, he play, did play hans gruber yeah which is german is european european <laughs> All the terrorists were... Most of the terrorists, thieves, the thieves people, the killers, the bad guys, mm-hmm. were of Europeans. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? What? Uh, there was a lot of sneaking around. 
I did mention sneaking around an airport, and there was a yes. lot of sneaking around this building. And he does start, he starts off trying not to kill the the first guy that he encounters. He's like, he does try to use non-lethal methods, and then he accidentally kills him. And but then, then after, after that, that, he's pretty ruthless. I mean, he's his life and many others is on the line. Yeah, and these people are very clearly not willing to... to Negotiate? Negotiate, yeah. Yeah. I wish they were all wearing elf garb. I really wish that happened. Personally. But that's just me. Yeah. That would have been fun. Well, I mean, that that, that does lead me into a question that I was going to save for the end, but let's get into it now. Uh, Ray, is Die Hard a, a Christmas movie? How are we defining Christmas movie? Is it about the spirit of the season? Is it about the fact that joy and love and family? This is... Is it about the fact that it talks about Christmas and holidays and there's gift wrapping somewhere? There's gift wrapping. Is it the fact that people sing Christmas songs? ho, ho, ho in blood on the guy's shirt and puts a Santa hat on him. Uh, There's some Christmas songs. They do say, like, oh, we need a miracle. It's the holidays. It's a holiday miracle. When they they have the thermal drill going through can't be what was the name of that song it's not christmas when the vault opens i don't remember some some carol oh joyful joyful something yeah anyway in your eyes in your mind i know what's your what's your take no it's not it's not okay i agree i also think it's not a christmas movie now a lot of people do um, you just want to watch an action movie, and that's fine. What I yeah, what I want to say is, if you watch this movie every year at Christmas, and that's your Christmas tradition, that is totally fine. That's awesome, and it is a, a Christmas movie for you, I suppose. But uh, it's not a Christmas movie because Christmas is not a theme. It just it's just part of the setting. And right. Further, as far as I know, I haven't watched them in a long time. But none of the sequels take place at Christmas. It's not part of what makes this movie this movie it's just i thought the second one also took place on christmas maybe i don't man i don't know but regardless <laughs> I, I i should be able to remember because i have seen it True. if it's if it was a christmas movie it's not a christmas movie but if you watch this during the holiday season and you're trying to convince people to watch it because you like it and your reasoning is it's a christmas movie that's that's the wrong reason you just have to say it's a good movie i think we should watch it it's a good movie i like watching maybe maybe it gets you into the holiday spirit that's awesome that's cool for you i don't consider this christmassy enough unless unless babe is a christmas movie too wait what's with babe I mean, Christmas is carnage, right? Like, they talk Uh, about Christmas in Babe, so... Yeah, it's true. But, like, the theme isn't, like, holiday spirit. It's save my wife. Yeah, again, again, it's just the setting. It's just the set dressing. It's, like, if if it hadn't been Christmas, he would have been in the mailroom and found tape. Tape. Instead of gift tape. And instead of writing ho ho ho, he just would have just said, "I have have a machine gun now." Machine gun now. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. So. And if it wasn't a Christmas party, it would have been some other like formal event. Mm -hmm. It's not. 
it's not that deep. <laughs> it's not that deep, bro. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. Sorry for all you diehard stands out there. <laughs> We're, we still enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Like I said, I, I liked it more than I thought I would. Um, and I really liked some of the, like the really campy whoop noises when uh, they were punching and kicking each other. <laughs> um, like, there's just a lot of action movie DNA in this, and it shows, and it's kind of great. Yeah, and it's not like a, a reason why I stray away from a lot of like older action movies is because there's a lot of machismo, yeah, like feeling in them, and it's just not for me. Yeah, and this one doesn't exude that. It's just, it's just kind of a thrilling action movie where there's like no theme about I'm a man and I have to be manly about it. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, Bruce Willis's character kind of starts the movie there, but through almost losing his life, you know, kind of realizes how crappy he's been and yeah. is willing to own up to that, which is great. Like that's a great thing to to realize through being in danger and um, constantly on the verge of death, right? And talking to Al, which is like such a good dynamic, yeah, for them. Uh, I didn't realize that this was like secretly a buddy cop movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I... Al just waltzes into the movie like forty five minutes into it, and it's like I'm going to be a major character now, and you're like, okay, Al, <laughs> <laughs> and and we love you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's not like and and Al supports I don't even remember the main character's name. John McLean. John McLean, thank you. John's, you know, need to stay alive and see his wife and apologize mm-hmm. for being a bad husband. Mm-hmm. And just it's good. It's good. And they talk about it instead of like just willing through without saying words to each other. Yeah. Um in in the vein, I, I have to explain. In the vein of like so many action movies, where two guys look at each other and there's a mutual understanding because they're both guys. Yeah. I'm really dunking on action movies right now. Well, I mean, w- w- I, that's the other thing that I wanted to bring up. I really like the part. There's a line or two where Hans is talking to John, and he's like, "You've seen too many. Are you just another American? You've seen too many movies like Rambo and." all these and it's like it is a lot like rambo like it has a lot of the same dna it has you know near death gunfights and improbable odds and blood and explosions and sneaking around taking out the enemy mm -hmm. and like clever solutions and uh risky gambits that pay off and it's all of those things, but, like, I think that John never, John never, like, he has fun as much as he can, and he, he tries to, what he's really doing, trying to do is get in Hans's head and get under his skin, but I don't think he ever has any, um, he, he never has any illusions that he's going to make it through this alive. Like, he's doing what he can. He's trying to be as smart as he possibly can. But he doesn't think that he's, like, a superhero. Yeah. I mean, as he approaches his final confrontations with uh, Carl and uh, uh, Hans, 
uh, he he tells Al to, to to apologize to his wife for him after everything's over because he plans on saving them. Right. But he doesn't expect to get out of it. Right. So. Yeah. This is Christmas. I guess, like again, the the plot is is pretty sparse, so I, there's not really a whole lot more to talk about. What but... was your favorite kill kill action scene? I. Even though it wasn't technically a kill, I did really like the part where uh, there was kind of a mini boss that John had with Carl. Uh, mm-hmm. Carl is the brother of John's first victim, and um, and so like for the rest of the movie, he kind of has this bloodlust, and he's very vicious. And the way he ends up getting dispatched is by being hung up with a chain around his neck. And he somehow eventually escapes from that, even though he was like unconscious and hanging from the chain, but mm-hmm. uh whatever. Yeah, it was it was it was a really cool lead up to that that final neutralization of him. Yes, it was a good it could, because like the whole time Hans is like trying to continue the job and keep Carl calm about mm-hmm. his brother's death and throughout he just keeps getting angrier and angrier that john's escaping and it turns into this personal confrontation at the end which ultimately which leads... wouldn't have happened if carl had just killed him like exactly carl i was had a thinking gun that. to his head yep he, and he could have just shot him right there but he wanted to make it personal right and then Al comes in at the end and kills him, which completes Al's arc of not turning a gun against someone. That's one of my few, like, uh, like. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that, but he stopping had an arc. points of the movie. He, Al's character is that he was a street cop, and then through a mistake, and you know, possibly a very honest mistake, he shot a kid. Is the famous line goes? He, he shot a kid. Uh, he shot a thirteen-year-old kid who. I don't remember the circumstances of it. He had but... a fake gun. Oh, right. He had a like fake gun. Like an x-ray gun or something. Yeah. And while that is tragic and, you know, a certain part of me feels for the guy, he was put on desk duty after that and he never wanted to draw his gun again because of what had happened. And I was like, you know, I can I can respect that as your resolution to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're still doing your best to serve your community and you understand that this is not the kind of mistake that you can just wipe away and then at the end of the movie he does pull his gun and finishes carl off who was about to kill john at least and you know possibly other people in the crowd and he manages to stop that from happening and it's very brave and heroic um but i think the implication is that like now maybe he'll be able to go back onto the street and you know pick up right where he left off and i i don't love that i don't know if he wants to do that though i i don't know that he wants to do that either and i don't want to put that on him as a character but i think that's the implication of the movie is that like this experience has also in the way that Mm. this experience has washed john of his sins and helped him grow that Mm. that it's the kind of the same arc for al and he's going to be able to come become a quote-unquote real cop again which bugs me yeah that's totally fair i wasn't really sure what that resolution meant for his character Mm -hmm. i knew that's where i knew that's where it was going but it's still i might be reading too much into it you know it could just be i didn't like it could just be that 
you know, Al's connection with John and the tenseness of the situation in the night was enough for him to overcome that fear that he had. Right, but is I don't know. It's I don't know how I feel about that that choice personally. Yeah. It didn't feel good watching it. It was heroic for sure, but I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I like Al still. I do. Oh, for sure, for sure. I I don't put any shade on to Al for for that. It's just more of a questionable uh, decision and something something to look out for, I guess. But at, now I'm picking at straws because otherwise, like I I don't really know too much of what I can complain about in this movie. There's a lot of naked breasts, which is weird, but there's there's a little bit of that. Yep. Um... <laughs> There's, yeah, there's John's fascination with the female body, which is, it wasn't great. I didn't enjoy that part of the movie. Um, uh, I really enjoyed the cinematography for a lot of the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an early scene where the bad folks are setting up the heist that they're going through, and they're go- one of them's going through a corridor, and I really like the shot of that. I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember that one. I don't recall, but I do remember, like, their, their whole roll in sequence was awesome it starts with the two of the guys like approaching the front desk and one of them is like chatting about sports or whatever and then the other guy just comes up and puts a gun to the the desk guard's head and eliminates him and then and then the rest of the crew like rolls into the building and they're all wearing suits and they're all like kitted out and it's 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 go time. Like watching a lot of this stuff, I, I remember said a couple times during the movie, like, like this makes me want to play Payday. Um, it's it's I'm aware that I have a weird fascination with like <laughs> sophisticated criminals. I think a lot of people do, which is why movies like this do well. But um, it it was cool. I, I, I stand well, by that. <laughs> we kind of wanted them to win. Yeah, there was we a moment that. like where I was like when they were talking about the holiday miracle, and they were like, "We got through, we got the fault, we got the money." I was like, "I kind of want them to get away." I with just it. didn't want to be rude folks killing people. Right. If they weren't rude folks killing people and they were just on a job, I'd be fine. But mm-hmm. they killed people, and were also very mean to some folks. If this was the Italian job, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one, Mr. Ed Norton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he's he's the only one. Alan Rickman gives a stellar performance in this movie. Oh, I loved him in this. I, everyone does, but like, goodness gracious. Oh, so when good. he appeared with the crew, and he, he had so much stage presence, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's Alan Rickman. And you said... I didn't realize that was Alan Rickman because he looks so young. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he just exuded charisma as soon as he showed up onto yeah. the screen for me. So, Absolutely. Well, Ray, I think it's time for us to get off and do other things with our day. But um, I, don't, I don't think I asked you yet. Would you recommend watching this movie to somebody who had never seen it before? Uh, yeah, I would. Actually, right. just like... As a, a chill movie to sit back and and play a phone game to. Yeah, yeah. It is kind of long. Uh, and it could stand to be trimmed down a little, I think. Just but... a little bit, yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a good flick. It I took agree. us in. It pulled us in. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the Especially once Al up. comes on a screen. Yes. Yes, yes. 
Um, all right. Well, thank you, listener, so much for joining us on this day after Christmas, because I know that, just like me, you always listen to every podcast the day it comes out. Um, that was sarcasm, uh, in case mm-hmm. that wasn't clear. But whenever you listen to this, thank you for listening. You can find out when we are posting our episodes by following us on Twitter at Mock Footage. And you can send emails to us to let us know what movies you'd want to hear about or let us know that we're very good boys and you love us by sending an email to mockfootage at gmail.com. Um, let's wrap it up here, Ray. What was our favorite line from the movie? I feel like not a lot was said. <laughs> Um, honestly, nothing sticks out to me. That's so weird. Uh, usually, usually there's like a killer line. <sighs> oh, what was the Christmas miracle one? I don't remember the exact line, was, but they were calling for a holiday miracle. If you want I mean, a miracle, I, here's your miracle. I just kind of want to wish everyone have a happy holidays. Yeah. All right. No line this week. Happy holidays, everyone! Happy holidays. <laughs> Stay safe out there. Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay. Hey, Reed. Hey, Brittany. Hey, all of you out there in podcast land. This is What You Call It. A podcast about life, liberty, and the pursuit of nerdiness. Here's what people are saying about it. Oh, have you heard of the what you call it? Hey, that that is my favorite podcast it is right now. So good. It is better than a tater tot hot dish. Well, I can't believe that for a second. You know, it's one of those big Midwest fancy things. A Midwest fancy thing? Yeah, I don't know what that is, but okay, yeah, that's but what yeah. it is. <laughs> you're gonna love it though. Oh, you're have, just gonna love have it. Have you heard? Brittany talk about being from California. Oh, have you heard Reed talk about being from the Midwest? Well, I never. And for crying in the soup, for would you just listen to the, the show? Soup. Don't take their word. Take a listen to the show. Yeah, blah, blah. We're the show. And remember, folks, your belly button is your old mouth. Listen. From LunarLightStudio.com. <laughs>